It is Tuesday, May 17th, and this is People Every Day. Hi, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. This Johnny Depp and Amber Heard battle is once again everywhere, you guys. We've got a lot to talk about regarding that trial. But first, let's get into some other stories that are bubbling up out there. The Queen is back. Over the weekend, Queen Elizabeth made an appearance at the Windsor Horse Show's A Gallop Through History, which paid tribute to her 70 years on the throne. The event marked the first of many celebrations surrounding her Platinum Jubilee. In recent weeks, Her Highness has delegated in-person tasks to other members of the royal family and hasn't been out and about. But the Queen was quite animated at the festivities. Her son, Prince Edward, accompanied her for the evening that featured acting, musical performances, and and horse displays. Helen Mirren and Tom Cruise were among the presenters at the event. Cruise introduced the section that celebrated the four nations of the United Kingdom, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. The actor commented on the Queen's record-breaking reign, saying, quote, to people of all walks of life, not just America, but the world, she's admired for dignity, devotion, and kindness that I have always felt about her. And she is someone who understands her position and held it through a history of 70 years. After all the recent news surrounding her health, these photos of Queen Elizabeth on People.com are a must-see. She just looks so full of energy and, and smiling, pointing, waving. It's, it's great to see her so full of life and in great spirits. Our next story is one that continues to send shockwaves across the nation. Celebrities have begun to speak up about the racially motivated shooting that took place in Buffalo, New York, this past Saturday, where a white gunman entered a grocery store to specifically target black shoppers, leaving 10 people dead. Justin Bieber, who held a concert in Buffalo just hours after the attack on Saturday, addressed the incident on stage, calling racism evil and diabolical. Prior to going on stage, though, he met with the crew and some fans backstage and acknowledged the horrific event before leading a prayer. You guys probably heard what happened. Um, Pretty horrible stuff. But um, I'm looking forward to tonight, looking forward to getting on that stage and doing what we do best and having a good time and bringing joy to the city. It's much needed. And uh, so let's just, let's do that. Actor Jamie Foxx took to Instagram to voice his anger and frustration regarding the shooting. Yesterday, the Oscar winner shared a post that paid tribute to the victim, saying, So many emotions are running through me right now. Sadness, hurtful, and angry as F. Cannot understand why the color of our skin makes people so angry. And he continued with, Who knew that just being born Black would be such a torturous journey? Our condolences go out to the victims in Buffalo, and I just wonder how many more times you're going to have to say this. The event is just truly heartbreaking on so many levels. I myself am angry and, and still at a loss for words seeing yet another hateful act like this committed in our country. Our thoughts here continue to be with the families of the victims in Buffalo. And now we turn our attention back to the ongoing Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, which returned yesterday from its hiatus with a bang. Now that Heard is being cross-examined, there is a lot, a lot we have to break down. 
cross-examination began yesterday in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial. Amber Heard is back on the stand taking questions from one of Johnny Depp's attorneys, Camille Vasquez. Yesterday and today, things got a little heated on both sides. And joining me now to discuss the latest details is our go-to Depp Heard correspondent, People Movies editor, Nigel Smith. Hey, Nigel, welcome back to the show. I love that description. Hi. So throughout the entire trial, viewers have noticed the fact that Johnny doesn't look at Amber at all. This was something his attorney, Camille, pointed out right away when she started cross-examining Amber. Take a listen. Mr. Depp hasn't looked at you once this entire trial, has he? Not that I've noticed, no. You've looked at him, though, many times, haven't you? Yes, I have. You know exactly why Mr. Depp won't look back at you, don't you? I do. He promised you he would never, you would never see his eyes again. Isn't that true? I don't recall if he said that. So much obviously has been made over the course of the case of Johnny Depp not looking at Amber Heard and Johnny Depp playing with a sketchbook and little doodles with some coloring pens and crayons and the fact that he brings gummy bears to court. And he didn't really show any emotion even while he was looking down. Sometimes he wears shaded or tinted glasses, so it's hard to see his eyes. But he would often smirk or just look kind of not really into what she was saying. Camille, his lawyer brought this up immediately as Heard took the stand and Depp sat there stoic and continued not to look at his ex-wife as she was there. And to back it up, Camille actually played audio from one of the last times that the couple had seen each other. And this was a time where Heard had summoned Depp to meet at a hotel in San Francisco in 2016. Depp said that I will not ever look at you again should we go through with this or should you go through these allegations against me? And Camille, the lawyer, addressed Heard while she was cross-testifying her saying, has he kept that promise? To which Heard looked to her and said, as far as I know, he cannot look at me. And the lawyer said, he won't look at you, right, Miss Heard? To which Heard replied, he can't. So it was quite a tense moment, and it answered a question that so many people watching the trial had. It almost seems as though, correct me if I'm wrong, it's being used to show him, I guess, keeping his word, whereas basically Heard is saying he can't bring himself to look at me because of what he's done. I think his case is arguing that he's a man of his word, that he tells the truth, and that he will follow through on things that he says. And Heard is using it as, well, he's just clearly uncomfortable by the presence of me and by these allegations that I'm making against him because, you know, they're true. Well, another big moment in the cross-examination yesterday was when Camille asked if Amber donated the $7 million from her divorce settlement she promised to the ACLU and the Children's Hospital Los Angeles. As of today, you have not paid $3.5 million of your own money to the ACLU. Yes or no? I have not yet. And as of today, you have not paid $3.5 million of your own money to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, correct? I have not yet. Johnny sued me. So as of today, you have not donated, paid $7 million of your divorce settlement to charity, right? I have not been able to fulfill those uh, those uh, obligations yet. They've been trying to make this case that she is not a person of her word, right? And that she lied by not making this pledge donation with 
the divorce money that she said she would. She's gone on the stand and she has defended herself saying, obviously, this this legal battle has cost her so much money. So some money had to be allocated to that. But she's gone on the record saying many, many times over and over again that she does pledge to eventually donate all of her divorce money to these organizations in time. If you do recall, Depside did have someone from the ACLU actually come forward and speak about Amber's donations and just uh, get it on the record that she has, in fact, not made the full donation. Given what you saw yesterday and today, how do you think this is playing out so far, the second half of this circus? If you go on Twitter or you check TikTok, it's very pro-Depp with all of his fans poking holes into Amber Heard's testimony and really uh, honing in on what a great job his lawyer, specifically Camille, is doing at really trying to find holes in Amber Heard's testimony. But so far, it hasn't been extremely newsworthy, mainly because Amber Heard hasn't given us that moment that I'm sure a lot of Depp fans want of her breaking down or her getting flustered over her recollection of events while being cross-testified. She has really maintained her cool and calm demeanor, much more so than during her own testimony. You testified yesterday that all you want to do is move on. Do you remember that testimony? Yes, I do. Yeah, your exact words were, quote, I just want him to leave me alone. I want to move on with my life and he won't let me. Do you remember that? Yes, that is correct. But that's not true, is it, Ms. Hurd? It is very true. You just haven't been able to move on with your life, have you? From Mr. Depp. I'm here, aren't I? And she's not giving any attitude back to the lawyer, Camille, even though Camille is really drilling in on her during this cross testimony and giving her a really, really tough time. Is there something amusing about kicking a door into your husband's head? No, I was rolling my eyes and commenting on what I was experiencing at that time in recounting the story. Is there something amusing to you about punching your husband in the jaw? That is not what I was smiling about. And no, I do not think it's amusing. Well, as always, we will keep you guys up to date on all the big moments from this trial. Nigel, thanks again for stopping by to break this down with me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial continues to garner growing public interest. As we just discussed, the trial has taken some incredibly wild turns. And coming up, we discuss where this shocking legal debacle fits into the larger social discussion and what this case might say about us culturally. But first, we're taking a trip away from the courtroom and stepping into the royal court of a little show I like to call Bridgerton. Well, That's what it's called. (laughs) There is some news out about season three, and you're going to hear what lies ahead, you guys. Stay with us. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, gentle listeners. I bring word of some truly salacious news. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. I can't talk Bridgerton without my Lady Whistledown coming out. It's, it's not a good one, but I try. I just finished watching season two the other day. I know I'm late, but I am all over again obsessed with this show. So yesterday, we got some news from one of the stars about a steamy storyline for next season. Nicola Coughlin appeared on E! News' Daily Pop and opened up about season three's central love story between her character Penelope Featherington and Colin Bridgerton. So the love story of season three is Penelope and Colin. The 35-year-old Irish actress revealed that she'd known about this upcoming character arc since shooting season two. Coughlin was asked if she was ready to shoot the type of passionate love scenes that Bridgerton is known for. But wait, let me ask you a question because, you know, Chandra, you know, she loves... A little love scene. Oh, yeah. Are you ready to do it? Come on. I'm going to have to be. (laughs) Well, if they're anything like what went down between Anthony and Miss Shama last season, we all should invest in some pearls to clutch because, man, while we don't have a season three release date yet, Netflix already plans to take the show through at least four seasons. I am so excited for this storyline and cannot wait to hear all of the intimate gossip coming from Lady Whistledown in season three. We are continuing our coverage of the Johnny Depp defamation trial today, taking a more bird's-eye view look at the cultural impact it's having. There is a lot of discussion around how the lawyers are treating the witnesses, especially heard, and how that is impacting the case and the opinions of people watching. The questions being raised during cross-examination have many debating how we discuss a woman who is claiming severe abuse, and the conversation about abuse to both men and women is becoming a debate in many circles. So here to talk about it and how we are experiencing this trial as an audience is people Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, Janine. How you doing? Good. Let's go to something I touched on a little bit earlier in the show about this moment where Amber Heard was grilled by Johnny Depp's lawyer, Camille Vasquez, as to why Depp has not looked at her during the trial. And I know this is something that in our discussion together, Charlotte, you brought up as being really peculiar. I found it very strange. They're like, He hasn't looked at you the entire trial, has he? I mean, if I were Amber's lawyer, I'd be like, objection relevance, objection hearsay, (laughs) objection, what the hell does this have to do with anything? When he was on the stand and being crossed by her people, every 10 seconds, there was an objection from his people. Why are they not jumping in and requesting basically the same standard? Either she doesn't have as good representation as he does, which is possible because he's a pretty rich guy, or... They're actually letting it play out visibly for everybody to see, like acting in a like borderline harassy way with their lines of inquiry. And just the like the way that they're treating her is going to kind of paint a picture that is almost better than any defense she could give. Do you think that there are some just, I guess, misogynistic undertones to that question? I know that that is something that's floating around of like, you see, he's not looking at you. He's not looking in your eyes. That is something... The whole idea that he vowed to her that you'll never see my eyes again, to me, that strikes me as a very weird thing to say. And like the kind of thing that someone would hear 
in an unhealthy, toxic relationship from the partner. I can understand why he might not want to look at her. Why is she being asked about it? The burden of proof is on them. For them to win this trial, they have to prove that they're 50.5% more likely telling the truth than she is. And the jury has to find his version more plausible. What are we proving here? That he doesn't like her anymore? Like, okay, we got it. There are diehard fans of Depp who have traveled far and wide and spent thousands of dollars to show their support for him at the actual trial. But I mean, even more so are weighing in online. And her testified that after she filed a restraining order against him in 2016, his fans bombarded her with online harassment and illegal aspirations. What does it say about the influence that celebrities are having on the public and possibly the influence the public is having on these private situations? So obviously, as the first several weeks of this trial went on, it was him telling his version of events, right? Then she gets her turn to tell her side of the story, and we don't see people rallying for her in quite the same way, even though the, some of the stuff we're hearing is really horrible. And obviously, like, the, the TikTok fans, they will slice and dice these clips to paint any kind of picture they want. Some of it's really a reach. And none of it has any bearing on the situation at all. Like, that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about, like, you know, domestic violence, drug use, like, all kinds of really hardcore, serious topics. I actually found this SNL skit over the weekend to be really... Interesting because, as somebody who's been avidly following this trial and very much like obsessed with this trial, I watched it and was ready to like really enjoy the segment. And when it was over, I was like, wait, 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 it's over. We just totally made fun of this whole thing. We didn't hear from Amber at all. Nobody referenced the fact that it's a domestic violence suit. I don't think they even had an actress. I found it weird. And I did start to notice people reacting on social media and some other outlets posting stuff about like how the segment itself was inappropriate. And I wonder if this is going to begin to be the signal of a pendulum swing in the other direction. Well, I mean, what does this mean? There have been multiple op-eds about like, what is the purpose of this trial? Is there any winner? There is no winner. How do you feel about that? Like, what does this mean for us as a, as a culture? I actually think that the court of law is being used as a forum for Johnny to have a chance to get some some public affection and to like inspire this kind of like public reaction. It doesn't appear as though anybody actually cares what the result of the court case is going to be. I'm sure Amber cares deeply because it's like nobody wants to be on the hook for $50 million. I'm not totally sure that Johnny really is actually sure that he'll win or not. You know, he did not win the UK case. And in fact, like, you know, as a result of not winning, the court declared it substantively true that he was, quote, a wife beater. That's a very, very bad thing to have hanging over you. In this case, I think he felt like, especially with it being televised, he's getting to air his side, his version of events. She's she's talked about having to deal with blowback from her claims when it came to Aquaman 2 and how she had to fight for her role. But we are hearing that there's a possibility that Disney might be considering Depp to return as Jack Sparrow. This whole case hinges on the fact that Disney got rid of him as Captain Jack Sparrow and that it was a result of this Washington Post op-ed. Disney now is saying, well, we don't know what's in the future. We don't know what's in the future. There is a movie that's like already in production, pre-production or something like that, that's going to feature Margot Robbie. And it's, I guess, a female-focused pirate story or whatever. It's actually like a pretty good pivot for them. It's just like 
different characters and whatever, and then you don't have to recast him. But I think that they're opening the door to potentially bring him back, you know, should he either win this trial or should they decide that the the public want is there. And meanwhile, this petition to like remove her from Aquaman 2 has had a resurgence amidst the trial. And she's got this kind of thing hanging over her head that the giant fan momentum will basically rip away her livelihood because she comes off as unpopular and like a shrew. But it actually doesn't matter because the fans want her out nonetheless. And she says that they did, in fact, reduce her role in that movie as a result. Wow. So much. Too much. (laughs) Charlotte, thank you for coming on. I am sure we will talk again about this case. Thanks so much, Janine. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. All right, we've mentioned several times this year how much we love Dolly Parton and how excited we are for her to get her due later this year as she's officially inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, last night on Late Night with Seth Meyers, Dolly's goddaughter, Miley Cyrus, commented on her legacy and shared what Dolly's really like to work with. She's been so consistently caring and kind and herself. And again, she didn't look like the standard female country music artist that was polite and wearing long dresses. She had big hair and big boobs, and she's left this big mark on the entire world world that all of us are just trying to yeah. fill her crystallized shoes, which is never going to happen. But this, and this is the kicker, what really got me laughing is hearing how Dolly and Miley communicate with each other. Apparently, the only way Miley can get a message to Dolly is by sending her a fax. You heard that right, through a fax machine. I just picture Miley having to go to Kinko's to get in touch with Dolly, and it's so funny to me. And I think it's definitely something to make you smile. Listen. Every time I coordinate and kind of communicate with Dolly, it's still through fax. You have to So see. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> we do use the phone, but she does a fax, and then someone scans the fax, and then they put it into a text message, and then that gets sent to me. No. Yeah. <laughs> And it's always signed. There's something so amazing. It's just about a connection. It's just not casual, you know, you know that yeah. she took the time yes. to get out, I guess, her typewriter. That is just amazing and complicated for no reason that should be allowed in modern times. I didn't know I'd wake up today and find yet another reason to love Dolly Parton. And yet here we are. Well, thank you all so much for downloading and listening again today. I will send you a fax and we'll be back here tomorrow for more of People Every Day.